Hi there, welcome back to the business side of fitness. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Each week on the show, we'll highlight fitness industry experts to learn about their personal journey and unique perspective. Through these conversations, we'll learn all about what it really takes to succeed in fitness. This show is brought to you by Vanessa Severiano LLC, specializing in fitness and wellness business development for impactful brands. The time has come to start the show. Everyone's got a story, and now it's time to hear from this week's guest. Let's welcome to the show Ed Buckley. He's the chairman and CEO of PureFit, a platform that makes it easy for insurance carriers, brokers, and employers to offer a variety of fitness experiences to their clients, employees, and Medicare Advantage members. Ed leads PureFit's expansion strategy by driving national partnerships, business development, and fundraising. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to dive in because I think corporate wellness is a huge, huge sector that's going to see a lot of growth post-COVID. So I'm really excited to talk with you. But just to get started, Ed, you have a PhD in digital health behavior and a master's of public health. So you must have known from an early age that you wanted to get involved in, in wellness in some capacity. And I'm just curious to know why. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, physical activity has always been very important to my family. So I grew up being very active. I was always the kid that wanted to just drag people to the gym, right? Even if they didn't want to go, just more of a social activity than anything. So I've always had this really strong interest in physical activity. And as I got into school uh, at the University of Florida, I just really gravitated to the idea of being able to learn the formal side of, you know, the policy and the actual behavior and, you know, what could we do from an institutional perspective to help tackle, I think, you know, the, the area that our country struggles in most, which is consistently being physically active, which, you know, opens up the gate to so many great health benefits. And the way that we uh, looked at it here at PeerFit from, you know, what we were studying at school was this idea of corporate wellness, working with employers, working with health plans was just going to be such a great leverage position if you could tackle that big behemoth. And how were you able to do th- do so when you originally came up with the concept of PeerFit? How did you go about creating traction for the business? How did you obtain your first client and just get started? So, you know, I, so th- thinking back, I remember, you know, just getting our first new client and our second new client. I remember one of our first launches, it was a Friday afternoon, just watching our dashboard and being like, oh my gosh, we got 10 users. Oh my gosh, you know, we got 20 users. And, and just like how overwhelmed we were at that time. You know, really it was just about tackling a handful of early local clients who were willing to you know, kind of take a bet on this new idea, this new concept that completely went in the face of what corporate wellness was about to that point. Corporate wellness was about big box gyms, number one. It was about the individual had to go sign up and do a gym membership and then fill out paperwork to, to get reimbursements. And they, they you know, really 
took most of the costs the individual did. And our concept was so different. It was studios have taken over the marketplace. Let's try to get people into small group training, boutique studios. And oh, by the way, let's make this fully funded. You're actually going to have more people participating if it's fully funded. So yeah, hopefully it was our energy and you know excitement about the idea and the fact that we were pretty relentless with following up with these employers and kind of bending over backwards just to get a handful of clients. And from there, we were able to show brokers and health insurance companies, you know, multiple employers using this over multiple cities. And same thing, you know, getting our first health insurance client really took a lot. You know, we were working with the local market. We were working with the regional market. We were working with headquarters. You know, it took multiple years. You had to do the same pitch over and over for different departments. You know, health insurance plans are, are fairly bureaucratic. There's a lot of people. Uh, there's lots of middle managers that you have to present to. And while there are very few people who can say yes, there's a lot of people who can say no. And so, you know, that was the process of getting our first health insurance client was just navigating that minefield. And corporate wellness is going to be, you know, really changing now in this post-COVID world. How do you think it's going to be, you know, how do you think it's going to be executed by organizations going forward and how will that be different? That's a fantastic question because, you know, the 2020 here this year, you have the pure lockdown period, you know, March, April, May. Then you have the summer where some states are opening up. Then you had their early fall where almost everybody was opened up again, and now we're going back into a lockdown. And so each of them are own, you know, sample size. And, and what I really looked at was, you know, July, August, and September. What did we see happening? We brought on more clients during that time than we did that same period the previous year. And we have less, you know, sales staff and we're a little bit more conscientious about not, you know, bugging employers during that time. But because everybody's remote, because everybody's working from home, this idea that employers need something to drive employee engagement, need something to help their uh, employees' mental health and physical health as well. And the solution that we brought was not just send people to the gyms, but it's also allowing people to use live streaming and other you know, fitness streaming subscription services. So we've actually seen a stronger adoption rate on our new product, PeerFit Digital, than we've ever seen on the traditional products, you know, when everybody was back at the office. Uh, I think because employers are desperate to try to help their employees just have some level of normalcy and routine and, and drive employee engagement right now. And that's where I think it's going to stay, right? People ask me all the time, is in-person going to win or the waves of, you know, the Peloton and streaming going to take over? And, and I don't think it's either or. I think people are now much more comfortable with streaming. I think when there are periods that it's cold weather or they're not feeling, you know, great and don't want to leave their house, they can work out at home. And whether it's with a, you know, equipment like a Peloton or a mirror, or whether it's just live streaming, right, from your favorite studio. And the days that maybe the weather's nice or you want to get out of the house, you'll go to an in-person experience and know that they've really heightened their health and safety requirements. And from what I've personally seen, right, they've been just fantastic experiences. Yeah, I definitely think that consumer expectations have shifted and now we have to meet people in a variety of different ways, not just the in-person, but we can also foster community online as well. And people really need that positivity. They need that camaraderie now more than ever. 
Ed, out of curiosity, so you had mentioned the, the old way of doing corporate wellness, right? Filling out a contract that the employee was getting like a payroll deduction and whatnot. I've been through this a million times personally myself. Why do you think a lot of corporate wellness programs do not succeed? That's a really great question. There are a number of things that have been proven to cause corporate wellness programs to succeed. And as you kind of clear the clutter out of the different types of programs, there is one single variable that will cause it to succeed or not to succeed, which is executive buy-in. If it feels like just another HR initiative and it's a check, check the box initiative and use it if you want to, use it if you don't, there's no excitement, there's no, no one's going to participate, right? That's basically mirroring uh, our own population. How many people sign up for the gym and don't use it? How many sign up and use it? And how many never sign up? You're just going to mirror that. And so, so when you have senior executives excited about a program, using a program, and then social proofing, showing that they're participating and showing that that's a place that you can feel safe going in and you know being shoulder to shoulder with those executives, that's what makes or breaks corporate wellness programs. No question. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And, and you're right. Social proof does sell. But now my question to you, Ed, is how do you get that executive buy-in, right? So that's assuming that executives are on board and they're interested in fitness as well. And that can kind of be a challenge to convince these people to get active if they're not necessarily active themselves. So how does PureFit do that? <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine it's not the easiest to take some C-suite 60-year-old guy or girl and uh, tell them to start working out from their living room and sharing that with their employees, right? That's not the most comfortable position for them to be in. So sometimes it's not getting them bought in where they're showing up to every single workout, but it's just showing the, the buying of the program and celebrating accolades and milestones. You know, that's something that we've seen and we're pretty adamant. We have a great account management team over the years. We've really invested in just, you know, top of the line, Excellent account management, right? Because that's how our programs are are really successful after we do the initial sell. And what we look at is how do we do ongoing campaigns, both at the grassroots level with the individuals, as well as who's our champion and can they bring in other champions? We have to have a champion, right? Otherwise, it's not going to be successful. So that's really the two dimensions that we look at, which is who is willing to participate in the program and who's willing to cheerleader the program and bring up, you know, shout outs to people and talk about milestones, whether it's a certain number of exercise classes, you know, the company's done and so on. So we feed regular data to the employers to make sure that they have that data, right? So remove all the barriers. One, give them amazing data. Two, meet with our account managers so they understand the data. Three, run regular programs for them or with them. And, you know, really, I think that's been something that's been really significant successful for us that we we don't just you know drop in the program and hope it, it succeed we roll up our sleeves and you know like I said from our team Emma helped build that program Jenny's now running that division and the, the two of them together have just done a phenomenal job from our account management perspective Thanks for breaking that down for us that I think that makes a lot of sense right the cheerleader the champion of the 
the program needs to not just be the HR manager, right? Because that's kind of expected. So you need somebody kind of on the ground that's rallying the troops and getting them excited about it too. And I think now more than ever, you know, there's all these conversations about vulnerability and leadership and whatnot. So hopefully some of these C-suite executives are understanding the importance of kind of getting in down and dirty with their teams. And I think, you know, leading with your humanity, showing your vulnerability and, and that side in a fitness class or in a fitness journey and sharing that with your team really makes leaders relatable uh, because that's something that we all deal with, right? So Ed, I recently read that you sold PeerFit's intellectual property and technology and transferred some of your personnel. What does that mean for your business in terms of your growth strategy? Yeah, I mean... As I said, as I was interviewed about this last week, part of this is a big headline with, you know, not that much changing day to day for our team. You know, the business side of the house, when you think of sales, account management, client services, you know, marketing, finance, all, all of that side of the house is relatively unchanged, right? Very little has changed in their life. Little has changed in their goals and what they were trying to achieve for 2021 and for 2022 and even, you know, the end of 2020. So from that perspective, very little changes with our growth trajectory and what we're trying to do. You know, really that that deal that we entered into was really all about, once again, technology and some IP and, and personnel that were related to managing that that IP. So, you know, when, when you talk about 2020 taught us a lot of things, number one to me was, you know, keeping your financial house in order as a company, both short and long-term. I read an article yesterday that talked about despite COVID and all the number of layoffs, people, households are actually in better financial shape right now than they have ever been in, in terms of savings on hand, you know, debt being down. And I think that's the lesson a lot of companies learned this year too. And so for us to enter into a deal that really put us in a great financial position, you know, short and long-term, really what it does is it gives us the appropriate amount of runway and tailwind to go out and capture the things that we want to do. So, you know, what I always tell everybody about this deal is, look, we are completely committed to our current clients the market that we've been serving and will continue to disrupt and grow within and really our mission, right? Which is to redefine wellness. So we're going to keep growing uh, within the markets that we've gone in the under 65, the over 65 space and, and be thinking about new ways to, to bring innovation. So. Well, thank you so much for, for clearing the air. So PeerFit's going to stick around, right? <laughs> I think that's the first thing that, pe- you know, oh, they put oh out, my a, gosh. They put out a big headline and then everyone, you know, is like, oh, wait, what's happening? And this was sold. But there is just a lot of behind the scenes things that happen to get more traction, get more cash flow and whatnot. So thanks for, for breaking that down for us. So there is a huge opportunity right now in the fitness space for aging population as well as corporate wellness and also merging the worlds of medical and fitness. And so many people have heard of Silver Sneakers. How did you secure an affiliation with Medicare Advantage? Yes. So it was interesting when we went into the under 65 space, we really had to convince the marketplace of why you should be doing fitness kind of across the spectrum, right? There were little one-off programs. On the Medicare Advantage side, right, that is a known known. Most programs, right, eight out of 10, nine out of 10 plans have some sort of physical fitness program and a silver something, right? There are two silver programs. 
So it was a completely different strategy to go into this market where there were known Goliath and we were very much an unknown David coming into it. And, and just the same way, like we opened this conversation with was, all right, let's find one or two groups that will work with us, right? Let's, let's bend over backwards to make sure they have an amazing experience. Heck, let's do things, even if they aren't scalable to make sure that we can both prove to ourselves to these clients and to the rest of the market who's watching how this goes, how, how well you know, we can continue to service people in this market as well as we've serviced people in the under 65 market. So you know, year one was 2020 and talk about having a heck of a year, right? COVID comes in and you know, our over 65 population is the most vulnerable population out there. And this is the population who historically likes in person. And so I think the fact that we're small, scrappy, and have innovation in our DNA, man, we were really able to make a few pivots. We already had streaming in our ecosystem. We already had fit kits, and we leaned in with our partners and really made sure to provide the best possible array of fitness experiences for, you know, the Medicare populations we were serving. And because of, you know, the initial success we have, Going from year one, 2020, into year two, we've already doubled the number of lives that we're going to have in 2021. So, you know, albeit we wish we could have done more, but I think given COVID and how it shut down plans, procurement process, oh, it's a lot of P's, we were very happy to, you know, keep our clients very satisfied, expand with existing clients, bring in new clients and double the number of lives that we're serving from year one to year two. Uh, I think that's just an amazing indication of how well our team, right? How, how well they service everything. So big shout out to Megan Wagner, Megan and Kelly, not Megan Kelly, the, you know, anchor, but you know, we've, we've, that team's just done really, really, you know, an amazing job this year with everything that was thrown at them. Well, congratulations on locking in the holy grail, right? I think so many businesses kind of get, I, I don't know, they they look at locking in a relationship like Medicare or some other huge partnership and it seems kind of overwhelming. It's like, how do you even get started? And the secret is you get started, right? <laughs> so thank you for sharing that with one, us. One bite at a time. Right. right. One bite at a time. Exactly. So Ed, PeerFits won national awards for best company culture, best leadership, regional Emmy awards, and best workplaces from Entrepreneur, USA Today, and Great Places to Work. Holy cow. How do you create a culture at PeerFit? I don't know if there's a, a secret sauce that can be replicated, right? Because it, it is about the people on your team. And you know, looking at the size of the company today versus six months ago versus a year ago, there's different puzzle pieces. And so the strategy changes a little bit depending on who you have or where you are at the stage of a company. And going back, referencing our previous comment again of how do you make wellness programs successful? Well, you have executive buy-in. And I'm very fortunate that, you know, we've built a team that allows me the space and bandwidth to really dig in on culture and try to be our number one cheerleader and try to be, you know, the number one peer fitter in terms of, you know, using the program, reaching out to people, talking to people, and hopefully setting an example to show, you know, this is the way that we're going to, to live and work in this space, show that hopefully, you know, we do care about you as a person. We care about you. We care about your family. 
yes, we want to go out there and kick butt and disrupt, you know, the world, but we don't want to do it at the sake of, you know, ruining your life or burning you out or, or, or treating you less than, you know, what you need to do. So uh, I think, you know, how we've done that is by listening to our people. We constantly listen to feedback that they have, ideas that they have. You know, what was once an employee suggestion to have a corporate social responsibility team has now morphed into a team called PeerFit Cares. And it's all about employee engagement, community engagement, you know, diversity and inclusion. So, you know, we're constantly evolving ourselves, not resting on our laurels. And I think, you know, because I'm very aggressive about always iterating and moving forward, it doesn't really allow the company to ever know, you know, where we are today is is never enough. We always need to move forward. And like I said, very grateful and honored that we've gotten the recognitions. The team has gotten the recognitions that they've gotten and, you know, hopefully more come our way. I think anybody listening to this podcast that's had to hire people before knows how important it is to find the right people. And as you, as you mentioned, it's, it's all about the team, but finding the right people and is very hard. You know, I've been a hiring manager many times and just getting in front of the right people can be very, very challenging and they have to, you know, complement the team. They have to balance the team. They have to be willing to add. How do you source exceptional talent? In, you know, it was funny in the beginning, it was like the first 20 or 30 people at PeerFit had come back to like three employers. Almost all of them had worked with a whole grouping of people, you know, at, at three previous employers. So we really did go with people we knew, go with culture that was, you know, pre existing, knew that they came from employers that had taught in the workplace. And so that, that built our foundation, right? I think that helped set that what is PeerFit culture. And now you look at today, PeerFit culture, while still living and growing, is much more set in stone to some extent than it was, you know, all those years ago. But I, you know, I think it's true that if you have a great team, you have a great culture, recruiting is more of a magnet than it is, you know, pull people. They, they, they are attracted to you based off of the people who work there, the people who brag about working there and are happy about working there and post, you know, about being there. So you always have a good steady stream of people, you know, coming inbound. But I think one of the hardest lessons, you know, we've learned over time as a, as a team is making sure that you can say no to people who maybe were good fit at a previous employer where the culture was different and understanding what those nuances are in this culture or people who might be great with getting results, but maybe they're not going to help other people get results in this culture. So I, I think our department heads have been great at after maybe they hire someone and realize it's not going to be a good fit, quickly and humanely working people out for their sake, you know, and ours, if it's just not going to be a fit. And I think that's, once again, when you look at the, when we bring people on, they either stay a long time or they're, you know, they choose to leave or, or we kind of, you know, help them get there in a, in a really short timeline. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think when you, when you know that it's not going to work out, you've just got to cut the cord and move on. Otherwise it, it can eat away at the culture and, and erode the camaraderie of the rest of the team when sometimes just a hiring decision does not work out. So Ed, you founded PeerFit in 2011. So how, what was your original vision for your business and how has it changed over the last nine years? I'm sure it's changed a lot. 
Yes, yes, it has. You know, in the beginning, I will say this. In the beginning, we always knew that getting into corporate wellness was going to be an avenue we were going to take. We thought that that would be part of the business. We never thought that that would be the business. In the beginning, here's the kind of variables we knew. We knew that group fitness was incredibly contagious. It was the number one reason why someone you know, joins a particular gym or studio is the classes, the instructors, and the other people. We knew that it was one of the number one ways to keep people engaged in physical activity was to put them into a group fitness settings with other people. So those were the things that we wanted to modernize. At the time when we started it, you know, most gyms and studios didn't have great online calendars. They were PDFs that you downloaded, let alone be able to integrate multiple and view them. And so we, what we were trying to do was make life easier on the user to find the best classes, sort them, filter them, to put them in your calendar. But then as we went to, we realized hopping between locations was a problem because you had to maintain memberships. And as you got into, all right, well, so you need a universal access between multiple facilities. Then that's when we got into the point of, well, if you could build that, could you just replace what's being funded on the employer side, right? They probably have more benefit from this than anyone from managing all that administration with multiple people, multiple gyms, right? It's just such a, such a mess. And so, you know, what, what started really quickly pivoted into where we naturally are today. And then, you know, once we got on this premise and of, of going solely into the employer and health plan route, you know, it went from just small group training and boutique studios to gyms, to doing memberships, to doing streaming, and now going into the Medicare Advantage space. So, you know, from 2014 to today, just so much has happened. So obviously my next question is going to be what's next? Yes, great. Here's how we see the world going into 2021, right? We've been here long enough now to understand what we do really well, what we're going to avoid, and know that we've got the capital behind us to get it done. So, you know, in the under 65 space, we see a lot of opportunities with perhaps one new product offering for that employer and health plan space based off of just working with them for the last few years of what they're looking for. We created PeerFit Digital this year, and we think that's serving a big gap now in the post-COVID world. So, you know, expanding the PeerFit Digital adoption, as well as our traditional PeerFit Core offering. In, in the move space, our over 65 space, it's just about market share gobble, right, is what we're trying to go out there and do, just trying to gobble up as much market share as we can, while that means adding in new features, understanding this market and what they look like in 2021 and beyond. So it's really about what features will allow us to delight people so much that we can go and, and increase the number of plans on the over 65 space and really the under 65 space. We've got some great partners we already work with. So it's, it's maximizing the segments that we're in. And once again, we've got our core segment, we've got our, our digital segment. There might be product line, you know, we're kind of thinking through that right now, but we feel really confident about what we know about the market and who our partners are with getting to where we, you know, see success over the next, you know, 12 months to 36 months. Well, congratulations, because you've had so much success. You've built an amazing company. You have sold uh, some technology, gone into doors that are closed for a lot of other businesses. And if somebody's looking to work with PeerFit or connect with you, how can they do so? 
Yeah, so we are very active online, social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, just search PeerFit. I'm Ed Buckley. I'm also on there, probably a little bit too active in social, sometimes on LinkedIn, sharing data that we're seeing, but I like to be very transparent and just share with the industry. So yeah, check out uh, PeerFit on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and uh, like I said, most active on LinkedIn myself. So thank you so much, Ed. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. I have a huge favor to ask of you. If you found value in this episode, I'd love it if you would please subscribe, review, and share this episode. It would really mean so much to me. I truly love connecting with fitness and wellness experts. So if you'd like to be on the show or are looking for help in your business, definitely drop me a line and connect with me. You can find me at hello at vanessaseveriano.com or my social media handles. Since my last name is not the easiest to spell, I'm going to go ahead and make it really easy for you and link my contact details in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Catch you on the next episode.